episode 1075 and it's the relevant podcast oh it's a nice round number uh i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia is jesse carey hello hello from austin texas author speaker podcaster jamie ivy hey guys and from nashville tennessee artist producer mogul derek minor what up dog uh the last two episodes you have heard Derek's singles and we have now run out of singles so you're gonna have to wait in anticipation for more to drop mm. as he builds up to his July 28th release of his upcoming album. But Cameron, I'll yeah. text you the songs he sent them to me. He said I couldn't share them with anybody, but I'll send them to you. <laughs> I, you I went lie. ahead and posted them. I posted them over on uh, Instagram and I put a Dropbox yeah. link if anyone wants to check it out. Kind of put a locally in their car or something. Yo. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's fine. But just it's fine keep it between us, guys. Just keep it between yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I accidentally threw them on Spotify to share with you guys and I made it public. Crap. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to send you a link. Cameron, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the files. You don't trust me with the files, and that is for good reason. I'd be way too excited in sending them privately, texting them to friends. So uh, you are a smart man. Don't. Right. Don't send this. Don't share this with anybody. SoundCloud's private, right? We don't got to worry about that. That's (laughs) that's just between us girls. Okay. I do think it's funny that that Derek was playing it in the SUV, and then he was playing it back at the house over these speakers, and then we took it to the pontoon boat. And after the pontoon boat, and he experienced his own music and the pontoon speakers, he was like, yeah, I'm going to adjust the mix on a couple of these songs, you know, because yeah. like validly, you got to uh-huh. hear it like every way anybody's going to be listening. Yeah. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to dial that down a little and, bit. And there's so. one song mm-hmm. in particular that I know is going to be big in the pontoon community. It's just, yeah, it's which, just a great pontoon cruising song, you know? So let's, you know, let's mix that. Really? Up. I love that he's dialing in the album for the pontoon community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Want to make everybody sure that gets, everybody gets love. Hey, look, there, I might give me a pontoon boat. I might just do it just for me. You that's know what I'm saying? saying? That pontoon boat was fun. You know I think I mean? you need a pontoon studio. Just just float and record oh. all day. That's, that's actually not a bad idea, dog. That's I ain't a great idea. Hey, he could set up a big music rig on his pontoon boat and he mm-hmm. could just go out and like play his album for people mm. who are out enjoying the lake. Yeah. You could do like a There's all a, kinds of potential water no, concerts. No. Oh. A no. Viral. I, I don't see any problems with this. I don't see any way this could go bad. A water concert. Hey, everybody yeah. get on your pontoon boat. Meet me out here on Percy <laughs> Priest Lake. Let, let me just check up on the pontoon message board I follow to see if this is already happening anywhere. Just give me one sec. Now, I'm not I'm I'm kind of an outsider looking in. I always want to be a pontoon guy, but I'm heavily involved in the online community. Uh, which is I mean they have their own there's their own pontoon dark web out there. Uh, it's a, you guys Yo. it's very it's very active community. Um so apparently there's a whole music scene of people who mix their songs just for pontoons uh derek for can sure. now join that community absolutely I, I was i've been looking for this my whole life they they, they have a name for it it's called pontoons it's what the community oh. is called pontoons it's a yes. whole genre yeah, I, got it. Pontoons. I love it yeah uh, that's it's, it that's it's socks it. for the that's really Damn. good 
It's like crazy. yacht rock for it's it's like yacht rock for pontooners, which is pontoons. you know a little bit I more redneck. It. It's fine though. It's fine. It's it it's, is a little bit more redneck. Yacht rock is sophisticated. You have linen shirts blowing in the wind. Yeah, pontoons. Yeah. What's the who's the scene for pontoons? You're lucky to get any shirts. I'm just saying no shirts. <laughs> There's definitely koozies involved. There's koozies There's involved. A lot of koozies. The a lot of koozies. Yeah, community. Yeah. A, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, American flags appropriated into various items of clothing. Um, that's big in the pontoon community. <laughs> yep. um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe they're going for, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad Derek is opening up his new album for everyone, uh, including the yeah. pontoon community. It's great. Uh, well, yeah, we have a great man. show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to author and pastor Mark Batterson. Did I lose y'all? All y'all went black on We're my screen. Says to me. Wait. Okay, my bad. Uh, coming up later. There's like the rapture happened right before your eyes. So, for real like I, <laughs> literally <laughs> all I see is me and Jason all three of you oh, are just okay. black hey man now hey. we know the Archangels it's like did they just make a pontoon joke get them out bring them up until we're done we're done humanity this <laughs> is it peak. apocalypse that's the peak. apocalypse begin now begin now peak humor open up that first seal of judgment they made a pontoon joke <laughs> Down the trumpet. <laughs> Did, so y'all all see each other? Because I still yeah. only yeah. see Jason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Me and Jason have been left behind. Me and Jason have been left behind. I don't know what secret sins you have, but I know why I've been left behind. It's late. Oh, wow. <laughs> Relevant podcast is late. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, Mark Batterson, one of our favorite authors and speakers, uh, pastor in D.C. He's joining us later. Don't miss that. We also have a game at the end. This is Father's Day week, so we have a game called You Are the Father. You don't want to miss that. All right, stay tuned up next. It's Slices. Like, it'll be ghost slices because it's just black boxes speaking <laughs> slices to us right now. So here we Push go. Out. They're up in heaven. Bring it us heavenly yeah. slices next. Stay tuned. Listening to the beaches, the song is "Blame Brett." I blame him for everything. You should too, according to the beaches. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing! Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices! All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, I've been very excited to discuss this story um, and, and I, uh, I hesitate even bringing this topic up because I know I've returned to this well several times, but this is a big week in the world of UAP news. Now, uh, if you guys follow this phenomena, 
um, you know, now government officials are not calling uh, what what traditionally has been kind of referred to as UFOs. They're calling them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, the reason okay. this was a big week in this world was for two reasons. First off, there's a, a, a major uh, a kind of commission of Pentagon officials that, um, you know, at the behest of Congress, uh, discuss some of what they've observed. And one of the interesting things is they were, they were very coy, which a lot of government officials are when it comes to this topic, but they did concede that all over the world, they're observing these seemingly metallic uh, orbs that are floating around that are moving in ways that they can't really explain, um, but they're finding them all over the world. So this was Pentagon officials in front of Congress conceding that we will at least concede that, that we're, we're seeing these orbs fly around all over the world and we have no idea what they are or how they're doing what they're doing. Um, that came right before a former uh, combat officer in Afghanistan who served in the National Reconnaissance Office as a representative to Congress's Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force uh, came forward as a whistleblower. Now, the reason he did it now is because there was recent legislation that said, if you come forward you, with information about the UAP phenomena, this is because of legislation passed by uh, two lawmakers, including Marco Rubio of Florida, that said, listen, if you come forward with this information, you'll be released from any legal consequences, NDAs, or even if it's classified, if you come public with this, you are released from any legal ramifications that you may have faced prior to that. So after mm. that was kind of announced by Congress, this this individual uh, whose name is uh, uh, David Grush came forward and he did he did he's done a couple interviews now. Uh, but essentially, he has he said that and and the reason this is significant too, I want to add is he did this under oath. And so when when you testify before Congress or or before in Washington under oath. It, that's at the threat of perjury. So if he's lying, he's literally putting his. This isn't. This isn't someone where his reputation's on the line. He could actually mm -hmm. go to prison for this uh, wow. if if he's found to be lying. Uh, he said that uh, he he has knowledge that uh, U.S. officials <clears throat> are retrieving non uh, uh, non human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft, if you will, uh, made of non human exotic origin. Um, and they, they said that these have either uh, uh, landed or crashed. He also suggested that they have the body of whatever's piloting some of these vehicles. Now, again, this is unverified, so there's no. Oh he didn't present golly. direct. He didn't mm -hmm. present direct evidence of this, but he did testify under oath that he has direct knowledge of this ongoing program. Uh, and again, this comes on the heels of Pentagon officials at least conceding that they're very concerned about these metal orbs that are floating around the globe. They've also released video that's confirmed to be authentic by the, the U.S. government, what they call the Mosul orb. Now, this, this uh, was captured on film and photograph during um, the, uh, the war in Iraq by a drone that was flying over the city of Mosul during a combat operation. They happened to capture a picture of one of these floating orbs uh, the drone, the camera on the drone. So that kind of prompted the Pentagon to say, hey, we see these all over the place. We'd have no idea what they are. To me, I'm very fascinated in this topic. I have a lot of personal mm. theories on it. Um, but Fallen angels. Fallen angels. Is that your theory? Oh, wow. I, I mean, I have, I have, I have, uh, you want to hear my, my rundown of theories and an order of probability? Yeah. Highest probable. Okay. So Sorry. highest probable in my opinion and again, I could be totally wrong. 
I think these are advanced terrestrial technology and the, you know, all of these leaks and people like Lou Elizondo, who's a former Pentagon official who worked for a secret program that's, that's saying it's extraterrestrial. I think there's some likelihood that that's like what they call a psyop, like a psychological operation meant to mm. uh, preserve critical national uh, secrets uh, by the intelligence community. I think that's pretty highly probable. The other ones to be, is, to be clear, it, it you, is, said sci- you, you said psyop, not cyclop. Just to be clear, C- correct. Cy- cyclops you don't think that is these my orbs two. are the eyeball of a army that's of my cy- number two cyclops. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. that's theory number two. No, number two. I think uh, maybe equal, uh, I'm starting to think there. You know, based on a lot of these testimonies, it, it, look, it could be some sort of uh, extraterrestrial race. I, I, I don't. I, I was never sort of in that camp, but a lot of the stuff that's coming mm-hmm. out, I think we at least need to be open to that possibility, if not probability. Uh, uh, third, you know, as obviously as a, as a Christian, someone who believes the Bible, I do think, I, I don't necessarily think there's the same distinction between the natural and supernatural that some Christians do, like the, this kind of hard line. I think we, as the Bible said, see through a glass dimly. Most of the universe is outside of our perception. It's made of dark matter. We can see there's something there, but we can't perceive it with our with anything. Like we we know we know there is items of very large mass that make up that comprise of most of the universe, but we have no idea what it is. Like I think there's stuff that's outside of our perception that could be what we understand. Cameron, to your I, you know comment earlier of like fallen angels or you know we know there are other races and species of intelligent beings that god created right we we, i mean the bible's extremely clear about that even among angels who the the bible has somewhat limited information about we know there are sub sort of races of angels and types you know seraphim and cherubim we know that we aren't it that when it comes to intelligent creation by god we also know that that those Mm -hmm. creations throughout the bible have interacted and intersected with humanity now, by means of technology or what, what we perceive as technology, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if you read the book of Ezekiel, there's a very famous passage where he describes something that a lot of people sounds like a flying saucer. Again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it is, but I, that's well, kind of my I, third. To your, and to your point, the, to your point, the spirit realm thing of like, you know, some demons in the New Testament got cast into pigs or they embodied our, our mm-hmm. physical bodies and we don't see them. But then like angels appeared and they were terrifying looking and they said, no, don't be afraid. I mean, like, so all of a sudden supernatural mm-hmm. beings coming into the natural and in and out and stuff like that, like it's a both and not neither or. So the fact right. that we could physically see something that is supernatural is clearly stated all over the Bible. Well, and, and not only that, there were times when, you know, those supernatural beings literally physically interacted with humans. I mean, that's right. the reason for right. the flood was because there was interbreeding between angels and humans and that that spawned races of giants that were taking over humanity. I mean, that's in the Old Testament, you know, uh, the I think the, the fourth and least probable. You know, what was crazy is they were so big and they were so terrifying, but they didn't know how to swim. So God was like, I got you. I got this. Let's yeah. It's let's it's, cover it's the, the earth. plot of of water of signs. You know, in my Shyamalan, just yeah. water. Just throw a glass of water on them. You can avert an alien invasion. That I think I think th- those are kind of like <laughs> three theories. I think the fourth is is the most improbable, but I've seen kind of floating out there is that there is like a breakout uh, uh, a sector of humanity 
that is highly advanced that's kind of been flying under the radar for for a long time that uh, has in possession of secret technology and is hiding it from the rest of the world. I think that's the least probable and least likely. That's, that's a Marvel. That's a Marvel movie, ain't it? I saw a Nicolas Cage <laughs> movie. He was he was on the search for it. It was written on the back of the Declaration of Independence, and then he mm, found yeah. it. In Mount Rushmore, I think, is their headquarters mm-hmm. inside because it's hollow. And then <laughs> that's where they're launching yeah, all the balls But from. this is the lizard people thing, right? Where people believe that lizard people are in control of our government. Well, I mean, and I stuff. mean, some people, or, oh my or, gosh. I mean, some people, or some people think it's, you know, some sort of secret society like the Rosicrucians or, uh, you know, someone like that oh, who okay. hasn't been in possession of sort of this. Uh, you know what 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 medieval kind of society you know or like francis bacon and all that like considered mm-hmm. alchemy or or again i think that one is more just kind of the the realm of internet conspiracies and fiction um kind of dan mm-hmm. brown you know style Got but you. i think the reason i think this is i think it's interesting for a lot of reasons but particularly in the context of like our show and our approach to things and i've said this before i feel like there's going to be some sort of uh, disclosure about whether it's, you know, kind of terrestrial technology that changes, alters our perception of how the natural world works or the, the you know, disclosure that we're, not only are we not alone, but our species might be, you know, interacting with some sort of other created intelligent being I think both of those, one of those is probably going to be the the case here. And I think the church needs to aggressively be prepared to address major questions that I think are are coming sooner rather than later when it comes to people demanding answers from spiritual authorities. Personally, I I do think we're not that far away from these questions becoming Uh, more and more prominent. That's going to be a sad sight because you got... Uh, Pastor Pastor Smith, who don't really know much outside of the Bible, out here trying to talk about quantum physics and dark matter and 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 teleportations, and it's just like we all just gotta leave Pastor Smith alone, y'all, for real. Let's we don't have to find actual experts. Pastor Smith needs to find somebody who's an expert and yeah. you know has a faith, sees the, right. the world through the lens of faith, and ask him. We need uh, we need more Christians in the sciences, that's for sure. But yeah. there are organizations like BioLogos and others um, that you know mm-hmm. do talk about the intersection of faith and science, and that's you know an important conversation that the church needs to pay attention to, mm-hmm. for sure. But, but but even in the kind of conventional science community, this topic's been pretty taboo. And I think there's just we have to be prepared to be able to address the an, a, a, a topic that is very kind of weird and off putting to a lot of people because I do feel like these stories are going to become more and more prominent, especially as more and more kind of whistleblowers come forward. Well, Jesse, I am doing my best to be prepared, as you just said, uh, for the impending invasion. And I've Good. dug a big hole under my house and I'm stocking sir, it with a lot of, a lot of cans, a lot of cans. Um, that's, that's what I would recommend. I would, yeah. Sir. Unfortunately, digging a big hole under your house in Florida, it turned into an indoor pool and my house uh, collapsed and is now floating yeah, in the, the ground. Hole, was, so. the, the, yeah, the water table's pretty high there. Pretty so high here. I would caution. I'd yeah, caution. you go about a foot down and you realize we're floating. All right, what do you have, Derek? So we're going to go to Twitter. As we all know, how, first off, how's everybody been feeling about Twitter? Do you use it? Did you, do you not use it? I have do you not use used it, but Twitter you in years. I use it every day. I mean, I don't post, but I, I, I'm on it. Yeah. Probably I more than any other it. platform. Yeah. 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 
So, you know, there's a Twitter blue situation. Elon yeah. Musk bought it. Was it last year? Did he buy it? Was it last year that he bought it for mm-hmm. a lot of money? Way too right? much. Well, one of the big things was Twitter blue is going to allow you to have uh, access to be able to have your tweets pushed out in front of more people. Uh, you know, you made verification for all people. But one of the things that he also said is that he's going to make sure that he protects free speech. And people, the first thing people asked was, well, what about hate speech? He's like, well, we have a way we're going to deal with that. Well, way's not going too well because there's been a huge rise, apparently, in hate speech. Now, I have to take this with a grain of salt because what some people consider hate speech is not always hate speech. But, I mean, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, I think they know what hate speech is. Mm-hmm. They raised about 100 tweets from Twitter Blue users that had legitimate hate speech and said 99% of those did not come down at any point. Crazy. Um, 99% so of hate speech tweets are not being pulled down. They didn't come down at any point. If wow. you're a Twitter blue user, if you're not a Twitter blue user, your stuff just goes into oblivion anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even matter. But it's for crazy. those that are subscribed to Twitter blue, like one of the tweets they flagged was someone uh, wanting violence against migrants you know what i'm saying and they didn't take the they didn't take the tweet down so i don't know what old elon got going over there but he probably needs to start working on that i think it's one of the things where you can swing the pendulum too far you Mm -hmm. know the fear was that jack was controlling a lot of people and but you can also swing the pendulum to where it's anarchy and then that's going to in turn hurt your hurt your business just all around because it'll hurt the experience well, their advertising wow. has dropped 68% or something. It's in the 60s wow. uh, since That's he's crazy. taken over. And wow. I mean, he was trying to raise revenue, not make it go down mm-hmm. 70%. But yeah. yeah, for me, like the key to Twitter for me is uh, only follow comedians and basketball people. And then you're going to have a pleasant experience. And That's, Facts. That's me. Me too, yeah, man. Same, man. Like I follow my friends comedians and sports that's it. that's it i don't care about nothing else and that's why i like it because it keeps me in the know yeah. about the stuff i care about and plus i get you know funny jokes so it's like but yeah most people are on twitter seeing just absolute horrible things i'm like oh really well, that's not my experience at all there well but not only that like maybe this is the maybe this is more about me and what the algorithm knows i get a lot of like random like fight videos and fight like, videos yeah, you know yeah, and like just yeah. outrageous like i i think it's more just like outrageous internet videos just randomly show up it's like well i didn't need to see this shoplifting go wrong at you know first thing when i woke right. up this morning <laughs> but it does seem like a lot of those are popping up i don't know if that's mm-hmm. just them like gaming the, the the feed a little for engagement or what have you guys noticed that just oh, random yeah. shock videos oh, yeah. just uh-huh. pop up? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. random videos of somebody getting punched in the face. You just like what? Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the, as soon as you as soon as you swipe, that bug is like bow. And then yeah. it, like what? He was just ordering his ten piece nuggets, and they ran out yeah. of nuggets. And he <laughs> yeah, jumps exactly. over the counter like he's just oh, being this poor middleweight worker. <laughs> like why I feel like there's real? a pie chart on, and it's like <laughs> one slice of the pie is like people you follow the other slice of the pie is like interesting things happen in sports the then it's like the other two slices are weird fast food fight videos <laughs> and karen going crazy video like crazy yes. karen's videos like bruh, that is so that tired is all of karen I s- videos bro <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like I'm scrolling. I want to see live reactions to the NBA finals. And all of a sudden, I got some lady freaking out at a teenager at a boat rental store. And you know what? <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, but that boat rental manager was hilarious. The lady was Where like, she demanding, under the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I want to speak to your manager. And the girl squats behind the counter, does a spin, and comes up and says, Yes, may I help you? The lady lost her mind. Wait a oh, second. I, I need to see this. But it's about, but it's about 60% of the content on Twitter is is crazy Karen. And, and the lady now. was wanting to rent a yacht. This is she just walked in and said, I want to rent one of your yachts. No, and the lady and the girl behind the counter is telling her, We don't have any yachts for rent. I'm sorry, you have to reserve them. And the lady's screaming, pointing out to the marina, there's boats all over the marina. The lady goes calmly. Man, those belong to people. Like, like <laughs> no, I can't rent you somebody else's boat. The woman just I lost her mind. This thing. Oh, it, it's actually really funny because the, uh, the worker trolled her pretty hard. It's pretty great. All right, what do you have, Jamie? Okay, well, maybe that lady needs to maybe visit a local church because there's a new study right now put out by Barna, and their study says that a majority of Christians, fifty-two percent, so just over a majority believe that the church should provide counseling services to members. However, only 31% of pastors agree with this statement. So when I first saw that, it got me thinking, a lot of times when you're talking about mental health, people will talk down towards churches and say, hey, you are not a mental health like provider. You need to send people to get real help, be the church. And on one hand, we can all say like, oh, there are some situations where pastors should not be counseling this person. They need to go see a psychiatrist. But actually, the study is saying that a majority of Christians believe the church should provide counseling services to their um, church members. But the pastors are more likely to see the church's role as being primarily focused on evangelism and discipleship. It's not mm. that they don't think that they should. They just think it's lower on their priority list. And mm. Brittany Moses talked to you guys at Relevant. She said, before we had institutionalized health care, the monasteries were converted into places of care where they took care of the travelers and the mentally and physically sick. The church mm-hmm. always had this community role in supporting those who were struggling or battling illness. And I think that rings true today. So I found it interesting that you have majority of Christians saying, hey, our church needs to provide more. And pastors saying that's kind of lower on our priority list. I mentioned the Hillsong Doc episode four. Carl talked about his rehabs and 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 therapy stuff after you know all the scandal came out, and and he actually did a great job talking about the difference between trying to pray away your lust temptations and then let's talk about your brain chemistry and your trauma mm-hmm. that's unhealed and stuff like that. And so both and it's prayer mm-hmm. and and psychology and and the church needs to. I really feel the church needs to embrace it. I'm on the side of those people. And well, not the pastors. Come I on, think pastors, get on the boat. I think it's interesting too, Jamie said, they're more focused on evangelism and discipleship. The distinction between counseling and discipleship, the, the, that they delineate those two, seems interesting to me because I think good counseling ultimately is a form of discipleship training in my, you know what I mean? Like it, it's supposed to make you somewhat more self-aware, which ideally would make you realize more of what you need God's, you know, kind of, if, if, it, if it's bringing you closer to, to God in any way, whether that's, you know, morally or emotionally, I feel like that should be a form of discipleship. It's interesting they would make that distinction, you know. I think mm-hmm. it comes down to a little bit of nuance with like, I see a counselor personally, but I don't need a psychiatrist right now in my life, but I have seen a psychiatrist before, but I think those would be two different Why? like What happened? What, what was the reason? 
What, well, you? when I was 12. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm joking. Don't mm-hmm. go there. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> no, but my, that's what I'm saying is that like, I think that the church, yes, we need to be providing counseling services for our members 100%. And at the same time, when there are bigger, larger needs, we need to be willing to say, you need to go see somebody who's more qualified to deal with this than yeah. I am qualified Damn. because I have a DMEV or whatever yeah. it's called from itself. Yeah. The difference is the psychologists can prescribe. They they use it's more the medical approach and and scientific approach about brain and chemistry. We and need all both. That stuff. We need both. Yeah. Yeah, and we need right. the church to step up where they can do what they can do well. Come on. Right. All right. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Uh, you can check out more at relevantmagazine.com. We're posting them every day. Stay tuned. Up next, Mark Batterson joins us. Listening to Beach Fossils. The song is Sleeping on My Own. Oh, it's a story about me. Um, Beach Fossils, not to be confused with our previous break artist, The Beaches. So those are good beaches where it's fresh sand. And then this one is where there's a lot of fossils on the beach. It would hurt your feet if you're walking around. You don't want that. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Mark Batterson. He's the pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. He's also the author of a ton of books, a ton of books. But his latest is called Please, Sorry, Thanks. He sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss how these three simple words have the power to change all parts of our life and the world around us. Here's our conversation with Mark Batterson. did the message for your book come from? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think many of us remember our parents teaching us about the three magic words, please, sorry, thanks. And so even from childhood, we recognize how significant these words are. But I, I, I never took a class in please or a class in sorry or a class in thanks. And I felt like Uh, we could maybe talk more about the art and science of these three words and their importance. You know, this is a pretty all-encompassing statement, but I really believe that the greatest predictor of success in life, in love, and in leadership is our proficiency at please, sorry, and thanks. Nothing opens doors like please, nothing mends fences like sorry, nothing builds bridges like thanks. And so, A PhD is great 
Like it might get you in the door and I'm all for education, but PSD, please sorry thanks, is probably gonna be what gets you the promotion. It's gonna help you win friends and influence people. And at the end of the day, it, it's uh, it's an expression of emotional intelligence that I think is so critical in our relationships. And I, I would dare say, even in this cultural moment, we could afford a rising tide of please, sorry, and thanks. people would hear this and say absolutely we should be saying please sorry thanks we should be doing this Um, and you even mentioned you know like from a young age a lot of us have been taught that but I think so many people get to a point where they're sort of going through the emotion the going through the motions and they say these words but they don't actually mean them Um, and so how can we kind of check ourselves to make sure we're not just going through the motions of this yeah these words are only as effective as they are authentic. And so I want my sorry to carry some weight to be meaningful. Otherwise, it's an empty apology and you actually break down trust because you didn't really mean it. You know, it's it's kind of the I'm sorry, not sorry, which happens a lot. Uh, so I think what, what I try to do is uh, you have to personalize your pleas. You have to thumbprint your thanks. You have to signature your sorry and make those unique expressions of who you are. Um, and, I, and I could give a lot of examples, but, you know, I, I have uh, there's someone who when they write a thank you note, they don't just write a thank you note. They sent a pack of baseball cards, which I think is hilarious because I haven't traded baseball cards since I was a little kid. But it's a good example of like, you're going to remember that um, because it has a little extra touch to it. Um, And so I think finding ways to make it meaningful, finding ways to say sorry that that are meaningful the only limit is our creativity. And so I, I actually think creativity is key when it comes to please, sorry, and thanks. And, you know, I share a lot of examples in the book, but, you know, I bet a lot of listeners will know the name Bob Goff. Uh, Bob is a, a friend and I'll, I'll never forget visiting his lodge in Canada. And, and the way that he welcomed us he didn't just stand on the dock and say, welcome. He uh, he somehow got a marching band fully uniformed on a flatbed boat, towing water skiers, playing music as a way of saying, welcome. Like, I mean, now that's over the top. I don't know that you have to go to that length. Uh, but, but then when he says goodbye, he runs down the dock and jumps into the water fully clothed, which I think is hilarious. And so what I'm talking about is just putting your fingerprint on the way that you live your life, on the way that you say, please, sorry, and thanks. And and I might add to that the way that you say hello and goodbye.
words, please, sorry, and thanks. Like they just, I think they really do help like humanize the person that we're talking with, which I think is what you're kind of getting at is that we have to see each other as humans and treat each other as human beings. Um, yeah, a- Emily, I would, if, if I had my way, everybody would carry around their kindergarten picture, uh, their, their five-year-old self. And when things get heated or you start getting frustrated with someone, just pull out that five-year-old picture because all of us have an inner child. All of us have a history. And I think we're awfully quick to write people off. And I, I think we would probably be a healthier and holier culture if if we understood that everybody has a backstory and to really understand uh, that a lot of their actions or reactions or maybe even overreactions, they're projecting some past tense pain. And that may not excuse the behavior, but at least it helps me understand where it's coming from. And so I, I think we've got to do a little bit better job at getting to know each other. And in some ways that's harder and harder in a digital space because let's be honest, most of us filter our pictures and we, we post the best ones. Uh, and so what happens is we, we kind of create this facade, this persona, so to speak. And uh, I, I am not anti-technology. I think we have to use our digital devices uh, for discipleship purposes, but there is no replacement just for the good old fashioned face-to-face in-person uh, kind of relationship where we can grow together and challenge each other. That was Mark Batterson. Make sure to check out his new book, Please, Sorry, Thanks. It's out now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's You Are the Father. Pink lemonade in my left hand. Weight of the world in my right. Pick me up after my crash landing. Get me back in the sky. Up to the party, I'm a hot mess But I could get it started with a lot less Sugar in my cup, turn the music up I've been through enough Let me twist above the scratches that was up in the trunk I lost the horizon, I'll swallow my pride And I'll stop keeping track of the crashes I pilot Static makes it sound like no one's listening But I keep finding heaven in the little things If I can find a little light in the dark You're listening to Peabod The song is Pink Lemonade Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Okay, it's time for You Are the Father. You are the father. It's a, uh, it's Father's <laughs> like Day week. like a Jerry week. Springer game. Yeah, in honor of the <laughs> late, great Jerry Springer. No, it's father, it's father trivia, pop culture father trivia to celebrate Father's okay. Day this weekend. If you're not, I know there's everybody, a lot of people have daddy issues. Just say happy Father's Day to your dad. Just break the ice. Come on. Life's too short, people. All right. Here we go. You are the father. Uh, it's going to be just open-ended. There's not multiple choice. It's going to be questions that I ask you guys about TV fathers. That's it. TV fathers. Okay. Uh, we it. have multiple rounds. Here we go. Jesse, you're up first. How many dads okay. can you name from Modern Family? I can name Phil Dunphy. I can name um, uh, Cam. I can name... Um, What's Tyler? Cam, Bill. What's the fu- dude? I can. I know. Mitchell. Mitchell is Mitchell. The Cam a- Mitch. And I can't remember the the, the patriarch of the family's name. Uh, uh, Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Jay. Uh, Jay. Uh, Jay Pritchard. Ah, darn it. Yeah, that's pretty weak. There's um, one more. There's one good. more. There's one more. Who am I missing? Who I don't know. Missing? I've never heard of this person. Yeah. His name is Frank. I don't know who Frank is, but yeah, he's on the list. That, that was, Phil, Jay, yeah, Mitchell, Cameron, and Frank. Uh, Frank is Phil's dad. Uh, that's who oh, he is. Oh, Fred Willard. Who's Fred Willard. Great. I the love Fred, great. Fred Willard. Yeah. There you go. Okay, zero Season points. Good effort, though. All right, Derek, you're up. At the end of the series, how many men from the main cast of Friends have become fathers? By the end of the series, how many men of the main friend group of Friends became have become fathers? Three. I, the answer's two. I know you're a big Friends fan, so I figured you would get that. But the I've not the seen other one? one episode in my entire life. Uh, Chandler. Didn't Joey? They have a, no, Chandler? Chandler and Monica. Chandler and Monica? The okay. final episode, they had like a stroller in front of them because they were moving to the suburbs, okay. remember? Yeah. Uh, okay, Jamie. Danny Tanner of Full House is obsessed with what? <laughs> Danny Tanner is the oldest or the middle one? Danny Tanner is the dad of the girls. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was Dang. one of the girls. Uh, I don't know. He's obsessed with cars. Cleaning. Remember, he was like OCD oh, okay, about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right, Jesse. How many? Terrible first round, by the way. Zero points okay. awarded. Sorry. Uh, how many Sorry, children guys. does Michael Scott have at the end of The Office? Last episode of The Two. Office. Great finale. Two. The answer is four. He had four. four? Kids. He had four kids by how, the end. How, how much time has transpired? That's what I'm saying. I think it was like 10 years later. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That, he got, Wow, they, they were busy. Yeah. Um, all right, Derek, what is Philip Banks's, also known as Uncle Phil, profession on Lawyer. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Lawyer then? Then? No. I only know him as a lawyer. Well, I know him as a lawyer. Judge. He became a judge. Judge, yeah. Oh, judge. Oh, judge. Yeah, duh. First few epi- first few seasons, he was a lawyer, and then he ran for judge, then and he, he was a judge, judge the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Jamie. Uh, can you name either of the teams coached by Eric Taylor on Friday Night Lights? Either of the teams. Yes. I need school name and mascot name. If I don't get this, I literally... You're freaking kidding me, Jamie Ivy. Well... In real life, I think it was Odessa Panthers, like what the book was written after. But this is Friday Night Lights. Oh, my gosh. Mm. 
Just give me a hint. You don't have to give me a point, it's, but just give me a hint because I like to know it. It's the last name of a famous folk singer. Ta- Maybe the, the most Taylor. famous folk oh singer. I, I, I'm, really, for a hint. I, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed right now. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, this is the most embarrassed teams, I've ever been on the show. The Dylan Panthers and the East Dylan yes. Lions. Oh, gosh. Yes. Thank you. There you go. All right. Mm. Terrible second round. Third round. Here I'm we go. Jesse, you're up. What are you Can talking you about? Make- I got a point. You got half. You said lawyer, but you didn't say judge. Mm. All right. Yeah, I'll give you, a you know what? I will give you half a point. So Derek's in the lead with one half of one point. All right. Hey, so look, man, I'll take it. A win here is a win. <laughs> Here we go. Last round. Uh, Jesse, can you name the two long running shows in which Jerry Stiller played a dad? <laughs> I can. Uh, uh, the first one is uh, Seinfeld, where he played Frank Costanza. And the right. second is King of Queens, where uh, uh, he played, uh, you know, the, the wife's father. That's absolutely true. Carrie's father. Good job. Uh, but you know what's funny is in the show notes here, Emily helped me out put this game together. And she wrote Seinfeld and everybody loves Raymond. And I'm like going, mm. this is not correct. So yeah, it's, no, it's, it's King well, of Queens. And, 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 and in real life, he's actually a famous father too. His son is Ben Stiller, you know? Correct. That's mm. right. All right, Derek, here we go. Uh, you are now not in the lead because he's just got one point. Uh, what crap. was the nickname of the TV dad on Home Improvement? Main uh-huh. actor. Yes. Home Improvement, mm. main actor, who's... What was the his tool name? Man. Right. First and last wow. name. Wow. Oh. First oh, and Tim last the name around Tim the Tool Man. Boom. Yeah, he got go. it. There you go. He's Good back in the One half points. Jamie, there's no way you can win. Uh, here we go. Awesome, what is you. Homer Dang. Simpson's iconic catchphrase? <laughs> I've never seen The Simpsons. What? You got to know this, though. Homer would, Simpson. Uh, You'll know Homer this Simpson, one. the dad. Is that the dad, yeah. obviously? Yeah. He would say... I don't know, guys. I was pretend he banged Simpson. his his shin on on a coffee table. What would he say? Oh, shite! Mother of no, I'm just no. <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh, shite! Don't. Don't. Oh, okay. That was pretty good, Derek. Okay. Derek, that was, that was pretty impressive. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, well there you go. Uh, Derek is the winner of. You are the father. <laughs> Jerry Springer style, we're bringing out your wife. <laughs> Big news today. You are the father. No, I'm sorry. I was making things. Oh, I don't Congratulations. Know, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your third oh, one's on the way. Happy Father's Day, buddy. No, sir. <laughs> well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Mark Batterson for joining us today. Make sure to check out his book, Please Sorry Thanks, today. Hey, if you're a Relevant Plus subscriber, make sure to check out your enhanced, beautifully designed digital edition of the magazine. Relevant Plus subscribers get access to that as well as exclusive features, um, ad-free viewing at relevantmagazine.com, unlimited by the way, an ad-free version of this podcast, an exclusive weekly subscriber podcast, and more. Check out all the info at the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Plans start as low as $250 a month, and it's the best way to experience our content. Also, if you uh, like the music that we play here on the show, check out our Spotify playlist. It's called Heard on the Relevant Podcast. It's great. We also have a worship playlist, a hip-hop playlist, indie playlist that we update regularly. The Heard on the Relevant Podcast playlist is updated weekly, though. Check it out. Subscribe. It's free. Why not? Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. 
I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm the dead Derek Marner. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. SoundCloud's private, right? We don't got to worry about that. That's that's just between us girls. Okay. Got it. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.